Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 68 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. The Rangers just one day away now from being back in action, back on the ice, taking on the Detroit Red Wings at Madison Square Garden at 7 p.m. on Friday night. And we have a little bit of an update with Igor Shesterkin. There was some conjecture as to how the Rangers might play this. Maybe they would leave him in the minors for a little while and just move forward with Georgiev and Lundqvist on the Rangers and just kind of get back to a a normal two-goalie rotation, especially since Georgiev has played fairly well recently. But they will not be doing that. Shesterkin will indeed be rejoining the Rangers. He has been recalled from Hartford. He played two games with the Wolfpack during the NHL All-Star break, and he gave up just three total goals and won each of those games. So for now, at least, the Rangers are going to continue to move forward with three goalies and continue to just deal with the challenges that that presents as far as keeping guys fresh and getting guys playing time and all that good stuff. But my opinion hasn't changed on this matter. I think Igor Shesterkin, if he's going to be on the Rangers, then he needs to be your main guy. He's got a chance to get some invaluable experience down the stretch this season, not to mention the fact that he very well might give the Rangers a better chance to win right at this moment than either Lundqvist or Georgiev, and I say that with all due respect to to both those other goalies, because I have a lot of respect for all three of these guys, really. But yeah, I mean, I think the way you look at it right now, when you look at the season that Shesterkin has had in the AHL, and again, a goals against average of 1.90, and also what he's done, again, very small sample size, but he has been great in all three games that he's played with the Rangers. So, I think it's got to be Shesterkin. He's your goalie of the future, and it's time to transition into him being the goalie of the present as well. And no starting goalie has been announced by the Rangers for either Friday or Saturday. The Rangers, of course, going to be playing a back-to-back against the Detroit Red Wings, a home-and-home. The Rangers will be home on Friday. The Wings will be home on Saturday. And no starting goalie announced for either one of those games. And like I said the other day, your guess is as good as mine at this point. It's kind of hard to know exactly how the Rangers are going to play this. But for the most part going forward, and maybe not necessarily right out of the starting blocks here, because, you know, Georgiev, again, he was playing well going into the All-Star break, so maybe you want to get him a game. And maybe just out of respect, you want to get Henrik Lundqvist a game as well. He's been sitting on the bench uh, quite often recently. So that's fine if you want to go with those guys uh, in the very short term here. But going forward, the rest of the season, however many games are left, I believe it's in the high 30s right now, maybe like 38 games or something like that. Uh, Excuse me, Shesterkin has to be the guy that gets the most starts. And he's got to get all this experience and be ready to go, hopefully on opening night next season. And He'll be a bona fide NHL goalie by then, and he'll just be locked in and ready to go for an entire season next year. So, yeah, uh, for me, it's got to be Shesterkin moving forward. And once again, you know, we'll keep an eye on the idea of the Rangers trading Georgiev or or possibly even trading Lundqvist. But again, I, I, I don't see Lundqvist getting moved. And just to give you guys an idea of what's going on this week, I just got done recording a crossover episode with Nolan Bianchi of Locked On Red Wings. We had a lot of fun just kind of discussing the situation that both teams find themselves in right now. A little bit of trade talk, a little bit of goalie talk, a little bit of everything, really. And so you'll have that to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, That will go live very early in the morning. And as for today, 
I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the Rangers schedule and just talk about what they're up against in February. Because for me with the schedule, and I've mentioned this before, but I always kind of tend to look at it a month at a time. And right when you're getting toward the end of the month, and of course, we're near the end of January here, I always kind of flip the calendar over and just see what's coming up for the Rangers. And 29 days in February, the Rangers are going to be busy. They've got 15 games. And I want to also give a big shout out to Tommy from Twitter. He sent me a link kind of explaining all the quirks, if you will, of the Rangers schedule this season and of the NHL schedule as a whole and just kind of how they do things. Some of this stuff I knew already, but I did learn some new things here today. And I I just want to read you a little bit from this explanation of of how the NHL schedules its games. And so there was a little bit of a change in 2017-2018 because that is, of course, when the Vegas Golden Knights came into existence and that gave us 31 teams in the NHL instead of 30. So there was kind of an imbalance there now, of course, with 16 teams in the Eastern Conference and 15 in the Western Conference. So I'll just read to you a little bit from this here just to kind of shine a little more light on this. And again, some of this we probably already know. Some of this uh, maybe we're hearing for the first time here. But again, big shout out to Tommy for sending this my way. So each team plays either four or five games against the other teams in its division, which is a total of 26 or 29 games in the Western Conference, and it's 28 games in the Eastern Conference. Stay with me. Hopefully everybody's still with me so far. The Knights really screwed everything up, didn't they? There's such an imbalance now. It just feels so strange that there's an odd number of teams. It would feel strange if there's an odd number of teams really in any sport. But, uh, yeah, that that won't last for too much longer because obviously we got the Seattle team on its way. But, okay, so you got all that. The remaining games of the season are interconference play, 32 in the West, 30 in the East, allowing every team in the league to play every other team twice. The schedule is structured so that every NHL team plays in every arena at least once per season. And I kind of have mixed feelings on that. You know, I I do think it's kind of cool that no matter which team you root for, you are going to get to see your team play every other team in the NHL at least twice, and every single team in the NHL plays in every single arena in the NHL at least once. So that is pretty cool, but I don't know. I mean, do we really need to see the Rangers play the Arizona Coyotes twice every season? You know, I'm not really that into that. I'd rather see some more division matchups. Give me a couple more games against the Islanders. Give me a couple more games against the Devils, the Caps, the Penguins, whoever. One of these uh, division rivals or even just another Eastern Conference team. I I don't know that we necessarily need two games against every single team from the Western Conference. I could take it or leave it, but it is kind of a cool idea that, again, the Rangers going to play every single team in the NHL at least twice and at least once in every single arena in the NHL per season. All right, so jumping back into this, each team has a mandatory bye week near the midpoint of the season, during which no regular season games take place. The NHL All-Star Game and its accompanying festivities typically occur during the bye week. From 1998 to 2014, every four years in lieu of an All-Star break, there was a break for the Winter Olympic Games. However, the NHL prohibited players from participation in the 2018 Olympics and future Olympic Games have not been decided. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, first of all, I really miss seeing these NHL players go to the Olympics. Uh, the Oli- World competition's great. You can take any sport, really, and certainly hockey. Uh, emotions are going to run very high. It means a lot for these players to be able to, to represent their country. And frankly, I just think it's lame that, you know, the NHL, and I get it, you know, because the NHL season is supposed to be the end-all be-all, and these guys are competing to win a Stanley Cup, and they shouldn't be playing in some international tournament 
you know, running themselves into the ground, but it's the Olympics, man. You know, a lot of these guys, it means just as much for them to represent their home country, if not more, than it means for them to represent, you know, whichever NHL team they just happen to play on. And, you know, these guys are well-conditioned athletes. It's not like the Olympic Games go on forever. You're only going to play a handful of games in that tournament. And I just miss it. You know, I, I just think it was it was a lot of fun to, to root for Team USA. You know, USA was always a little bit of an underdog in these tournaments. I mean, they have good players, but then you look at teams, you know, like Russia or Canada, and they, they are a little bit overmatched when they go up against those teams typically. So, but I don't know. I, I just miss, uh, I miss everything about it, really. I mean, it's interesting to see... You know, like with Russia, you've got like Malkin and Ovechkin are our teammates. You know, just just quirky little things like that 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 I miss. Now, as far as the bye week, that makes sense as well. You know, again, you don't want to run these guys into the ground. You want to get them some some time off. But I don't know. I just you know, we've got Rangers and Red Wings coming up, and both these teams have been off for more than a week. That just doesn't seem necessary to me. And you know, it, it kind of throws guys out of their rhythm because these guys are used to playing. Now, now maybe I don't want to speak for these players. Maybe. It's the best thing in the world, and and they just love it, and it's great to get away from the from the game for a little bit more than a week. That might very well be the case, and and you know that's that's great. But I don't know. It, it just feels like it, it's a little bit it's a little bit excessive. I I don't know that you need an entire week and a half off. Uh, so to keep reading here, the league also schedules a three day Christmas break since 1971, when no regular season games are played on either Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Games are not played on December 26th unless it falls on a Saturday, in which case no games would be played on December 23. The NHL also has a holiday roster freeze between December 18th and 27th, in which, in most cases, players cannot be traded, waived, or sent to the minor leagues. And again, I think that's great. I think it's awesome that the NHL lets these guys get away from the game for a little while, lets them spend time with their families, or just relax, you know? Players in the NHL, and the NBA should take note of this, they don't need to play on Christmas Eve and Christmas, okay? It's okay to have a couple days off and just let these guys get away for a little while. I've always really liked the Christmas break, and I also think the roster freeze is a great idea as well because you want these guys to be able to enjoy the holidays a little bit and not have to worry and looking over their shoulder and constantly checking the internet to find out if they've been traded or sent down to the minors or anything else. I really do think it's a great thing. And so that definitely does shine some light on some of the quirks of the Rangers' schedule this season, but I still do have some questions. Uh, for starters, why do the Rangers need to wait more than half the season to play the Islanders? And then why, once they finally play them, is it three times in eight days? I think that I'm not going out on a limb here when I say that both Ranger fans and Islander fans really enjoy that rivalry, so I don't know what the point is of making everybody wait until the middle of January for the first game of the season. Why not spread it out a little bit? You know, they have to play each other four times anyway, so, you know, kind of mix and match throughout the season. You know, an early game, a game halfway through the season, a couple of games late. I mean, do whatever you want, but it's just so weird to me that, you know, again, three times in eight days. And then the strangest thing, and this this I will never understand, the strangest thing all season to me was right at the start of the season, the Rangers played their first two games of the year, they played twice in three days, and then they had to wait an entire week to play their third game. And unfortunately, the Rangers won their first two games and then went on a losing streak after that. So that didn't do them any favors, I don't think. I mean, again, and I don't think this is any conspiracy against the Rangers or anything like that, but it's just so weird that you would have a team play two games and then immediately, and so early in the season, be off for an entire week. Uh, very, very strange right there. And this one doesn't stand out as much, but I, I think it's at least worth mentioning here. So you have the Christmas break. You have the three-day Christmas break for the Rangers and for everybody else. Okay, great. But 
the two days immediately before the Christmas break, the Rangers had a back-to-back, and then the two days immediately after the Christmas break, they had another back-to-back. So it's just it's just been a strange layout of games this year. You know, I, I don't really know how else to say it, and if you're the Rangers, you just got to play the cards that you're dealt, but... Yeah, every time I look at the schedule, I feel like I find something even weirder than I found the last time. But to stay on the subject of the Rangers' schedule this season, of course, we are kicking off the second half of the season post-All-Star break with a couple of games against the Red Wings, the home-and-home. Okay, great, because that's a great chance for the Rangers to potentially pick up four points. We'll see how it goes. But beyond that, if if you look at what's coming up in February here, the Rangers play seven of their next eight games against teams that are currently outside of the playoff picture looking in. So again, you've got the two games against the Red Wings on Friday and Saturday. Friday is home, Saturday is on the road. Both games start at seven. Then the Rangers have a four-game homestand, and Monday night is against the Dallas Stars at seven. Wednesday is versus the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7.30. Friday, they are taking on the Buffalo Sabres at seven. And then Sunday, a game against the Los Angeles Kings at six. And after that, the Rangers start a three-game road trip. And the first two of those three games, the Rangers are going to be at the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday at 8. And then they go to Minnesota to take on the Wild at 8 o'clock on Friday. And of those eight opponents, of those eight games, only the Dallas Stars are currently in playoff position. They are in third place in the Central Division. So if ever the Rangers are going to make their move, it has to happen now. It has to happen now. We're more than halfway through the season. The Rangers, again, double-digit points out of the postseason. And if the Rangers stumble through this eight-game stretch and say they go like 2-5-1, and one, season's over. And I hate to be so melodramatic like that, but if they don't play well through this stretch and they don't win some games and they don't make up some ground, then it's just another eight games off the schedule. And at what point is it going to happen then? And at that point, the Ranger front office will 100% be all in on trade deadline fire sale 3.0 and the Rangers will be buried in the standings and it'll just be way too big of a hole to climb out of. Now, if the Rangers go 6-1 and 1 in this 8 game stretch then hey, you know, they're probably right back in the race. They'll they'll be maybe, you know, 5-6 points out of the playoffs, you know, depending on what some other teams do, but that would at least give the Rangers front office something to think about when it comes to dealing all of their impending free agents and maybe even some guys that aren't impending free agents. Now, you could argue the other side of this as well and and there might be some people listening to this that think that the Rangers are better off if they do not go on a on a big-time run over these next eight games because you might think that the Rangers are better off selling and, and not getting caught up in just trying to push for a playoff spot this season. So I get that, but for me, I've just... I've This is just me. I've never been able to root against my own team. And you get a lot of this like in the NFL where if your team's struggling and they're like three and six, everybody tells you, that you should root against your team for the rest of the season to get a better draft pick. And they're not totally wrong, but I've just never been able to do that, man. I've never been able to to just sit down and watch the Rangers or watch any of my other teams and just say, oh man, I hope they lose tonight because I want a better shot at a good draft pick. No, like I I just can't do that. So I'm really looking forward to this eight-game stretch. Like we said, it's a chance to kind of reinstill hope and maybe convince us that the Rangers could get back into this playoff chase. So, yeah, I mean, the time is now. The bottom line is the time is now. The Rangers have to take advantage of a of a soft schedule coming up here. If they don't, it's basically a season ender. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see the Rangers come out of this eight-game stretch winning, you know, six games. And it, it's certainly possible given the quality of their opponents that they're going up against. 
the other thing to consider here is even if the Rangers do go on a on a nice run in this eight game stretch, like say they go six one and one, and I realize that's setting the bar pretty high. Uh, for a team that has lost more games than it has won this year, at least if you count the overtime losses, I realize that's setting the bar quite high, but it's certainly possible. You know, crazier things have happened. So say the Rangers go 6-1-1 one, and one here. It still might not really change much of anything as far as what the front office is going to do because, again, I don't think the front office is going to go all in and push all the chips to the center of the table just to try to scratch and claw to a playoff uh, position this year. I still think they're going to look to move these veteran players, these impending free agents, but at least if the Rangers win some of these games here, it gives them something to think about. And maybe that, maybe if the Rangers go on this on this winning streak that I'm talking about here, then maybe the Ranger front office, Jeff Gorton and company, they're more likely to sit down with Chris Kreider and try to figure out some kind of a long-term deal. Or maybe even a Jesper Foss, same thing, or a Tony D'Angelo. You know, maybe they would start to look to re-sign some of their own guys. Uh, I still remain skeptical that Chris Kreider will be on this team past the trade deadline. I would love for him to still be here, but I just get the feeling, given the fact that he's one of the best available players and there's so many teams interested in his services, and again, looking at the Rangers' track record these last couple seasons at the deadline, I get the feeling Chris Kreider will be on the move. But like I said, if the Rangers play well over this eight-game stretch against these subpar opponents, at least, at the very least, it gives the Rangers' front office something to think about. And it gives the Ranger fans hope that maybe they could get back into the playoff picture. It is, it is certainly possible. One other thing that I wanted to get into here today is the trade deadline spotlight. And not too long ago, I did a special two-parter where I took a look at the Rangers' eight impending free agents and ranked them in terms of their importance to the Rangers and also attempted to determine how likely or unlikely it was that all of these players might be traded before the trade deadline. And that was a lot of fun. And if you haven't heard those two episodes, definitely go back and check them out now. They are episodes 62 and 64. But those eight players, the eight impending free agents, they're not the only Rangers that could potentially be on the move before or at the trade deadline. And so going forward over these next few episodes, what I'm what I'm going to do is look at some other potential Ranger trade chips, some players who could be on the move despite not being impending free agents at the end of the season. And I'm not going to do this in any particular order, but what I want to do is just do one per episode, and we're not going to have one in tomorrow's episode because that's the crossover with Locked on Red Wings. But going forward these next few days, I'm going to probably end just about every episode by taking a look at some other Rangers who could potentially be traded at the deadline. And we're going to start that today by taking a look at Pavel Buchnevich. And Buchnevich this year, through 48 games, has eight goals and 18 assists. A uh, little bit of an up-and-down season, obviously, and, and there's times where it feels like he's just been snake bit. He's had some opportunities. You know, for the most part, he's on. He's a top-six forward for the Rangers. He's 24 years old, you know, just for a little bit of context here, 24 years old, and he was a third-round pick of the Rangers in 2013, going 75th overall. And in July of this past year, Buchnevich signed a two-year, $6.5 million extension with the Rangers, so maybe a little bit of a prove-it deal there, maybe a way for the Rangers to sort of continue to analyze Buchnevich and kind of figure out whether he's going to be one of the guys who's who becomes a cornerstone of this franchise and becomes an important piece of this rebuild. And, you know, like we said, it's an up-and-down season for Buchnevich. He had a really rough stretch where he had just one goal and one assist in 15 games. By that same token, he had another stretch where he had seven assists in just five games. And, you know, it's kind of just a microcosm of who Buchnevich has been ever since he's been on the Rangers. He's, he's just up and down. You know, I, I really don't know how else to say it. And if you take a look at his career stats, 
He's played 227 games with the Rangers. He's got 51 goals and 76 assists, so 127 points in 227 games. I mean, that's not a disaster. You can live with those numbers from like a third or fourth liner, but I think the Rangers have kind of been hoping that he would kind of grow into being more than that, and you know, again, he's never had his best season with the Rangers, at least in terms of points, was two seasons ago in 2017-2018 when he had uh, 43 points by scoring 14 goals and 29 assists. So he's been all right, but he's just consistently been all right. And it, it's a situation where the Rangers could kind of go either way. But as far as trading Buchnevich this year, I'm not really feeling it because Again, he's just 24 years old. He's a player who could continue to get better, and the Rangers have him under contract for next season anyway, and they have plenty of guys that they could trade at this year's trade deadline who are impending free agents. So just the fact that Buchnevich's trade value, not exactly through the roof right now, I think the Rangers would be best served hanging on to Buchnevich through the trade deadline and continuing to see what they have in him next year. Now, again, if he continues to put up fairly pedestrian numbers next season, then I think it's a situation where you can revisit it at the trade deadline next year. I mean, we could also kind of cross our fingers and hope that the Rangers are buyers and not sellers at next year's trade deadline. But if they're in a situation where it might behoove them to move Buchnevich before he becomes a free agent, then by all means do it. But I would say do it next season rather than this season. And as Ranger fans, I know that Buchnevich can often be quite frustrating, especially because he finished last season very strong. In his last 15 games last year, eight goals and four assists. So you start to think that, you know, maybe the light bulb has finally gone on for Buchnevich, and maybe he's going to come into this season and kind of carry over that momentum and just keep rolling this year. But again, just hasn't really happened. You know, he's had his moments. He is seventh on the Rangers with 26 points this season. He has eight goals and 16 assists. And I realize that, you know, points aren't the end-all, be-all. They don't always tell you exactly how well or how poorly a player is playing. But when you're a top-six forward, as Buchnevich has been for a lot of this season, and as the Rangers certainly would like him to be going forward, um, it, it's important. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you got to produce some points. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like this season has been just an abject disaster for Buchnevich and he's this horrific bust. I mean, he was a third-round pick, first of all, so you're not necessarily expecting him to be a point-per-game type player. But, yeah, the jury's still out. And, and again, it, it is certainly fair to say that Buchnevich, to this point in his career, has not put it all together. But for everything I just said just now, I don't think he gets moved at the trade deadline because, again, his value just isn't that high. The Rangers have some other guys that they can trade at this deadline who are impending free agents, and I just think it would behoove the Rangers to bring him back again next season. Again, he's still under contract. Bring him back again next season and continue to see what you have, and then make a decision. Is this guy going to be a huge part of our team going forward? Or maybe not even a huge team, but is he a guy that we want to keep around as kind of a complimentary piece, a guy that maybe we can throw out there on the second or third wing on a lot of nights? So, all that being said, I think Buchnevich stays. And to bring back the 10 scale that I did in the other two trade deadline episodes, and remember, 10 is the most likely that a player is traded. One is the least likely. I'll give Buchnevich a three. Again, I think he stays with the Rangers through this deadline, and hopefully he closes out the season strong and kind of just makes us believe that he could indeed become an important part of this rebuild and an important piece of the Rangers going forward. So, yeah, fingers crossed on that. And that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Again, thanks for joining in. And 
I will be setting the crossover episode with Locked On Red Wings to go live early tomorrow morning. That'll be the Friday episode. Again, we had a lot of fun uh, just discussing everything Rangers and Red Wings. And then we're going to do a bonus episode on Saturday to finally have a game to talk about because I'll be able to review the Rangers game against the Red Wings on Friday and then also kind of preview the next Rangers Red Wings game on Saturday. So, yeah, got a lot to look forward to. And again, thanks for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com and absolutely give us a follow on Twitter at L-O-N-Y Rangers. So again, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time.